Welcome to the Marvel DNT Evolution Podcast with myself, Andy Stead. And I'm Jarian Gibson. And I'm Alex Stroud. And I'm Jamie Smith. Superb. Good to see you all, lads. Good to see you. I know that um, Alex and Jarian have done a, a live on Friday talking about the news and a few bits and pieces there. Uh, I, I actually didn't catch that one. I hope it went well. Did it go well, Jarian? Um, we had some hiccups. Uh, we had to relaunch the stream, but... Uh... The second one went well. I think we did good, and hopefully no hiccups today. Fingers crossed, because I'm traveling at my sister's, and hopefully the internet uh, stays well while we're, we're doing this today. Yeah, and do you know what, though? That's a perfect segue into into this sort of piece and this 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 show today. So this show... Um, hi, Lisa. We can see you. How you doing? Um, so this show today is our, is our one-year anniversary. This has been one year since we've been doing it, and when when we started podcasting at RMC, how you doing, mate? Looking to see ya. Uh, when we started podcasting, I remember doing some um, some research into it and sort of saying, "What's the what's the key to success?" And everyone just says consistency, 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 consistency. Keep doing it. Keep putting the shows out. And I think what you just said there, Jerry, about the fact that you're that you're travelling, that you know you're at families today, but you're still you're committed to it and we're doing it i think that that's that just goes to that goes to prove the point doesn't it and then you know obviously some of the things that have happened in the last sort of year since we've been doing it um alex has come on to be you know a, a host jamie's come been guest in here and we've always had people whether it's whether i haven't been able to do it you know you guys have been stepped up and and, and filmed the show anyway so i think that's the point you know which point we're trying to make i think consistency has been has been absolutely key um i don't know what i don't know what you guys think about it. jamie especially from your point of view obviously listened more than hosted you mm. know I mean, as it kind of, as it been like being being on both sides of that sort of the screen as such. Sometimes you like when when I enjoy doing it, but I also enjoy miss like just just sitting back and being able to type in. I miss I miss that interaction as well. Like even I won't listen to myself back. I'm not, you know, what I mean, I, I don't know if you guys listen to the podcast back <laughs> yourself speaking. No, no, but I also miss. Like Monday morning. Oh yeah, I've got a podcast to listen to. I miss that as well. But I also enjoy the live aspect of it too. You've mm. got about both. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's there's definitely that kind of. Um, I, I know what you're saying. Was it? La- I think it was. It wasn't last week. Was it? Was it last week where I was on? I wasn't on on the Saturday, and you two, you guys recorded on the Saturday, and I, I, could, I could make some comments, and I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> I thought, it's quite fun. <laughs> it was nice to not be here, you know. But on the other end, I know what you're saying, and I think you know what. Talking about that as well, since we've taken the show live, it's so cool that we can have that interaction with our members. You know, I really enjoy that. I know, um, like having that live, fe- uh, Alex, like having that live feedback with members is is that's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoy it. One of the things that I think has been awesome about being live is the fact that there's been times where we won't know an actor's name, an actress's name, or something, and we'll be talking, and literally somebody in the audience will just you know, kind of just be like, oh, here you go. Like, this is what it is. And we'll be like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. So it's it, they're literally a part of the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
all all the group members, everybody who who comes in live, like they are literally a part of this too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I love that. Yeah, like you said, um, I think when we when we started this off, when it was pre-recorded, I think we'd said that we wanted it to be an interactive thing between um, us as sort of the admins of this group and our members. But I don't ever think we tried, didn't we? We did try and do that kind of thing where we remembered posts and things that people had said throughout the week and kind of repeated them on the podcast. But again, if that person's not listening, it's not quite, it wasn't quite the same. It was never really a two-way conversation, is it? And I think now it really is a two-way conversation. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. And I know that, um, obviously, um, Jaren, I know you, you always keep an eye on the comments and you're highlighting comments all the time. So you're almost like that link between everybody that's watching it and then mm-hmm. like us. And I know that you, you, you sort of pick things out and, and go, oh, I just want to highlight this one. So that must be really cool for you too, being that kind of like almost like middleman between everybody that's watching and then like usually just me and Alex and, and today Jamie, you know, so that must be cool as well. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, just to go back on what Jimmy was saying about the podcast uh, on Mondays, RMC is the same way. You know, he used to listen to work all the time. And then as far as the live interaction, you know, he says, you know, the live interaction definitely has a bigger, better vibe and, and good point, Alex. And like, I, I like it. You know, I love it. Like, I'm like the guy in the chair right now, you know, <laughs> making sure the stream's going, watching the chat. And uh, we always love the interaction, you know, no matter what it is, you know. You know, that's why we had the comments on here and then we, we talk back to the, those who are listening to us live. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, hi, Roxy as well. Roxy's there. And we can do stuff like that as well, you know, say hi. We know who's listening and when they're listening. So that's that's really cool. No, I really like that. Um, so, um, and look at Ruben's on too. Morning. It probably is early morning for him. <laughs> yeah, he did say it was going to be very yeah. early for him. Yeah, he did say. Yeah, morning, Ruben. How you doing? Morning. Um, yeah, so talking about that, obviously, like the, the podcast has evolved over the over the last year. <coughs> I think we're up to about sixty odd episodes now. So um, you know, we've been regularly churning out episodes. Uh, thank you, Ruben. Yeah, happy anniversary. Thank you very much. So we've been regularly churning out episodes, but I think part of um, the the, the um, what's he saying? It's almost seven a.m. <laughs> <laughs> um, almost. This is this up early morning. Almost. Um, yeah, so part of uh, part of what's made this this podcast successful is the fact that we've had we've had guests on, and 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 Jamie. Well, actually, our spec guests and Alex as well. Alex has sort of went gone from a guest into into regular host, and uh, and Jamie's gone from a guest into you know regular guest co- guest host, and you know uh, we've had some great guests on in the past. Um, and it would be impossible to get them all on today. Uh, we have got a couple of surprises for you, but we've also Jaren's been busy this week um, creating a creating a little video. So um, should we go ahead and play that video, and then we can have a little look at that? Yeah, but before I do it, uh, I was going to give a shout out to RMC. I do a spin in a chair, but I can't because <laughs> I'm wired up right now and I'm crashing down. But I, would, I would definitely do a spin in the chair if I could. <laughs> but yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and get to the the video here and, and let's uh, you know some of our guests in the past here. What's up, you filthy variants? I can't believe it's been a whole year already. That's absolutely insane to me. I mean, it really feels like just yesterday we were starting that, but I cannot be more proud at how far you guys have taken this and how well you guys have done with it, you know? But, uh, yeah, and I'm Jason Cutter, 
the man, the myth, the legend. Happy anniversary, boyos. What's up, Marvel D&T Evolution Podcast? This is Steve Honeycutt, the creator of Escape to Earth from Reptilian Media. And I just want to say congratulations on your one-year anniversary. And thanks for having me on. And I look forward to coming back. Excelsior! <laughs> hey, I'm Paul Scardino, the pop enthusiast, two-time Guinness World Record holder for the largest Funko Pop collection. And I just wanted to wish my friends over at the Marvel D&T evolution podcast congratulations for reaching one year so congrats on the one year anniversary keep up the great work love the show and the facebook group and i'm looking forward to many more years to come congratulations guys agree or disagree this is the best marvel podcast ever (laughs) (laughs) i am mark relaford from flagstaff arizona and i've really enjoyed being on the podcast not once but twice and also enjoy listening to it as often as it comes out. Congratulations on being a year in, and here's to year two. Hi guys, Luke here from Hydro Collectibles, wishing you all a very happy anniversary. I cannot believe that you guys have made it this far while still maintaining that high quality content. It's no easy feat, and this is something that you guys should be very proud of. I am also very thankful for all that you guys do for the community, both with the podcast and of course with the Facebook group. I'm also very thankful that you allow me to share my content on a weekly basis when it fits in with the MCU. So thank you very much. As for the future, I can't wait to see what you guys do, and I can't wait to come back and talk more Spider-Man. So once again, huge congratulations on this huge achievement. Can't wait to see you soon. Take care. Hi everyone, it's Paul at DC World here in the UK. Congratulations to D&T Evolution. Happy anniversary, your first year. Absolutely amazing, and glad to have been on as well. Hope to be back soon. Congratulations, guys. Hey guys, RMC hey here. I uh, just wanted to, uh, just wanted to uh, thank you guys thank for you guys having for me on the podcast. podcast. And uh, congratulations, congratulations to, you, to you guys and Jerry and, Jerry and Alex for one year with the podcast. Uh, look forward to them every week, and I appreciate all the work you guys put in. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, look forward to doing it again sometime. Cheers, guys. Hi there, Tom here from Stepping Through Film on Facebook. Just want to say a huge congratulations to Andy and the whole team at the Marvel D&T podcast for one whole year of film, awesome Marvel stuff. And yeah, just keep on doing awesome work. Hey guys, I just wanted to say congratulations for one year of podcast. I I can't even remember the first one. You guys have done amazing throughout the year. All the hard work you put everything all the members that participate all the guests you guys bring thank you so much and i'm pretty sure in another year we're going to be celebrating again so keep up the good work ah oh, how awesome was that yeah. that was awesome that was great weren't it how good was that to see all of those guys there in um in, in quick succession all the people that we've had on the show or nearly all the people that we've had on the show um hey just, uh, uh, uh the quick thing real quick uh jason cutter just messaged me he's watching about his band again so he said hello nobody's surprised at that comment <laughs> You should just say when he's not banned. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was really cool. Uh, Paul's Paul's there, and he said, "Amazing, thank you." Yeah, Lisa's loved it. Roxy's loved it. Ruben's loved it. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you know what? I think that just highlights some of the um, some of the really cool episodes that we've had. I mean, uh, you know, going back and looking at things, um, uh, Steve, Steve Honeycutt. Uh, the escape to earth the, the you know he created his own comic and um he's getting that uh trying to get that published and and going through funding for that um just interesting people that we've had on steve was steve was really a really cool guy wasn't it because i think even by his own admissions he kind of said actually i'm not a massive fan of the mcu but he was just a massive fan of marvel he was really interesting wasn't he mm-hmm. yeah i also love the excelsior he threw in at the end of his video that was awesome yes. yeah, it was perfect um, but yeah, Steve, Steve's an awesome guy. Um, and, and I want to say this about like every, everybody that made a video, everyone has been a great guest, like, and every guest that we've had has been fantastic and everyone is completely different and they've all been different in their own ways. And they brought so many different things to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Actually, everyone's brought something different. And that, that, that's the whole point. We don't want the same guests on every week, like the same type of guest on every week. You know, you look at the range of people that we've had. We've had people that are other admins in the same way that we are. We've had people that we've had a, a world record holder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've had a world record holder on our on our show. I think that's really, really cool. I'm so pleased with that. So, you know, thank you, Paul, for coming on. We've had, uh, you know, um, uh, Paul Edwards from DC, you know, talking about DC stuff. That was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And he's sharing his experiences with um, with uh, the Batman and sure. his excitement about that. So that was great. And you know, RMC and Barb's and Mark, um, you know, people uh, that are just fans like us, coming on and talking about their own interests within the MCU. You know, and mm-hmm. and Tom. Tom from Stepping Through Film, he's he's mm. his stuff has just rocketed now. He's at he's at film premieres. He's been traveling all over the world. You know that was that video was from a hotel room somewhere because he's he's now getting so um, sought after to do his stuff. I mean that's fantastic. When we started, <laughs> it wasn't our fault. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> our, <laughs> I'm not taking credit. I'm not taking credit. Tom's awesome. But you know when when we had a conversation with him, it was still sort of picking up, wasn't it? And now he's. Ah, it's great. It's great to see. Um, has anybody got anything else they want to say about those guests that we've just seen? Yeah, just, you know, I agree with the, the chat here, and I'm, I'm not, the th- names I come across, so I can't see who said this, but I, I agree. I love Tom's work. I'm always excited to see his pictures out there of, of how he's, he's lined those up to real life and locations and so forth. So, uh, I echo what Alex said, you know, the, the, you know, a variety of guests all bring something special, all good guests, and look forward to having more too as we continue. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We've got some. We've got some interesting people in the pipeline, you know, and different different people to do with collectibles, different people to do with film, um, artists, all sorts of different people. Um, obviously, you have to line up. We have to line up, you know. And and actually, I think to be fair, we deserve a pat on the back because we're we're in different time zones. Different. We've got different things going on, and we keep you know we line up, you know. And I think. Um, I think we do deserve a little pat on the back for that. Um, right. So we're not going to just leave all our guests to uh, to be on video. We've got um, a couple of people coming on live. And the first one is going to be coming on any second now. So, Jaren, um, is he in the waiting room? Not yet. I don't, don't see him there yet, so I can't okay. have him yet. All right, but, not uh, yet. He's, yeah. uh, he, he'll be here in a second. So, um, look, um, we've got two guests lined up today. 
first of which is going to be on any second now. Um, we're going to chat with him for about 15 minutes, and then we've got another guest that we're going to chat with for the rest of the show. Uh, two different themes, although they do overlap. So um, it'll be interesting. Joran, give me a nod when he is there, because okay. he's, uh, he's just yeah, giving me a thumbs up. I'll uh, do my... Uh... My favorite thing to do in here. Oh, here we go. Oh, uh, here we go. Here. Yep, here it goes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hi, guys. There's Martin. Hey. How are we doing, Martin? All right? Not too bad. It's lovely to see you all. Yeah, you too. You too. So for anybody that's watching and that doesn't know Martin or listening and doesn't know Martin, Martin is, um, is I've coined him as the Marvel professor. I know, I know he's going to go bashful and sort of won't like that, but... Martin, just briefly introduce yourself um, and who you are, you know, the book, um, what mm -hmm. you do, just for anybody that doesn't know you that's listening or watching. Sure. So I'm Martin Flanagan. I work in uh, at the University of Salford in Manchester in uh, England. And in 2016, along with my co-authors, Andy Livingston and Mike McKenney, we put a book out, which we think is the first book on Marvel Studios. Uh, maybe not the first book on the on the MCU sort of phenomenon, but it was definitely the first book on Marvel Studios as a business. And it's called Marvel Studios Phenomenon. And um, ever since then, I've continued to work on various aspects of Marvel and uh, actually spoke with the two other guys before tonight. So they've got a little bit of input into anything I say. So crediting them quite correctly. And uh, yeah, so that was uh, 2016. It came out in paperback in 2017. Excellent. Oh, so you you spoken to the other guys? So you're you're fresh on fresh with some uh, some information. Yeah, I said I said I need I need backup here, guys. Uh, <laughs> short short of getting them to actually be in the uh, podcast, which they've not so far signed up to, they gave me some input. That'd be really that'd be really cool. We'll have to get we'll have to get. All I'll three. keep asking them. Don't worry, I'll keep asking them. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so um so Martin, we we you know we've got about 15, 20 minutes to have a chat because we've got another guest coming on after you. Um, yeah. And, and we, we discussed about what we might want to talk about, and we've not chatted to you for about six months or so. Uh, no, it's, it's not been quite that long, has it? Yeah, about oh, four, yeah. I think, yeah. 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 It was the beginning of the year, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, um, and a lot's happened since then. And we, we, we spoke to you the last time about themes uh, in, the, in the MCU and about genres and things like that. And I think it was Alex, that actually. I think it was you the transition theme wasn't it alex i'm not sure it might have been maybe <laughs> take some credit go on take some credit <laughs> but one of us one of us maybe someone on the group coined the, the theme of transition of phase four of the mcu being about transition um i think one of our admins dave put up a great image the other day and i know jari and questions the the lineup but it was basically a new america a new hawkeye mm. a new black yeah yeah great and and you know whichever whether that ends up being the team or not the point is we have transitioned from one to the other i mean i don't mm. know what are your thoughts from your from from the marvel professor in regards to transition what are you thinking what are you seeing well um first of all thanks for asking me back and i don't i've not seen jamie before so hi jamie um Hello. and uh yeah i mean um well done for a year of the show as well um it's great that you continue to do it with such enthusiasm and, and, and you know, real, real knowledge as well. Um, my my co-authors can't quite believe that you expose yourself to so much news and theories uh, about about this, therefore uh, spoiling spoiling so much for yourselves when your future variant sits in, sits in front of you <laughs> for the first time. Um, so yeah, transition. So the big transition of your year of doing the show, I guess, has been, um, you know, the start of the Disney Plus shows and... Uh, I suppose that was always to be expected, but what was kind of maybe more 
um, you know, uh, contingent was that the, the MCU theatrical movies came back. So, I mean, you know, like in 2021, we sort of started to get theatrical movies again. Um, so, yeah, I have been thinking about transition a little bit. And, I mean, I'll, I'll come back to the kind of, to speak to, to your point about the post with the new Avengers team, possible new Avengers team. Um, you know, all the MCU TV shows have had some sort of element of passing on the mantle. I mean, that's kind of, you know, probably spoken about that at sort of various points of thought about it. So sort of come back to that later. But, yeah, I mean, outside, speaking outside the narrative for a minute, because I'm always interested in, I've devoted a fairly big chunk of the conclusion of the book, actually, to sort of discussing how Marvel weaves in sort of stuff about its own story, really. You know, like like the kind of self-reflexive thing, the kind of the story of the studio into its own, into, into the texts. Um you know, I chatted a bit with Mike and Andy and we were talking about, you know, a lot of new creative talent um, coming on via these shows. And I think we may be, you know, going to see some of the showrunners and some of the people who've kind of come on as writers uh, maybe filling some kind of more important roles later now they've kind of become established and some of the people seem to be on their way out. You know, James Gunn maybe is on his way out. He seems to be being a bit cryptic about it at the moment. Um in terms of the text, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the mid-2010s period where you've got kind of different ways being employed to build a bigger sort of narrative feel. Um, so you had kind of like the kind of, you know, you had the, the transition from Winter Soldier to the next Captain America film being essentially, as we've spoken about before, I remember, uh, you know, essentially a team film or maybe even two teams, you know, and you know whatever works, they, they'll sort of put they'll sort of put in whatever works. So some stories seem to be unassociated, and other stories seem to be ultra associated to the main spine. And then you don't realise how some you know some things build in until later. So for instance, with Moon Knight, um, you know Moon Knight felt relatively isolated, but uh, you know whereas Falcon and Winter Soldier of like a year before grew straight out of the end of Endgame. But then Moon Knight also felt quite new in some areas. You know, the, the scope of it, the, the, the budget maybe sort of seemed a, a, a bit higher. It involved sort of bigger set pieces. You know, you couldn't necessarily see all the kind of, um, uh, you know, go, going into the sort of the dimension of the gods sort of stuff in the sort of episode four or five sort of coming at the beginning because it was quite grounded. But, you know, even just on a kind of global level, it had that slightly James Bond feel to it. I know they shot a lot of, london in uh hungary or somewhere like that i think but had that kind of james bond feel to it so you've got again you know you've got these kind of different um feels to sort of each to each each sort of line that's kind of uh, shooting out and i just wanted to say something about um no way home in a, in a in a cinematic way i don't think there's much more to say about it it was such a kind of a um enormous success and i actually remember back in january uh, one of you guys was like well, No Way Home's done now, so what's next? You know, so it's like this kind of, this kind of rapacious uh, hunger for sort of, you know, gets all that incredible stuff in two hours. And then you're like, oh, well, I really enjoyed that. Okay, so what are we getting next? Um, but it was, it was, you know, it was it was the only sort of censored version of this same multiversal trend that we've, we've been experiencing. And when I look back at it now, though, I've not seen it for the second time, so I need to, to buy it really and watch it again. But it, the more it looks like, you know, Doctor Strange and Wong and even Matt Murdock, uh, weirdly, given that he wasn't exactly Marvel Studios, you know, heart of Marvel Studios, you know, we're in there to anchor it to 
you know, Marvel Studios properties in a way that sort of, you know, it featured so many Sony characters and so many kind of Sony Spider-Verse characters. Um, but I actually think the cooperation between those two on it, Sony and Disney, has really been historic, you know. Um, I think it's difficult to think of, of precursors that n that not only blended, you know, not only blended series, film series, but blended franchises, and then actually studios had to blend and work together on it as well. So I think that's kind of, I think we've probably underestimated how important that is, you know, uh, so far, that kind of cooperation. And I suppose it opens up the idea that, you know, we just had Top Gun Maverick coming out this weekend, sort of what looks like some pretty major success. I suppose it opens up the idea to other, you know, potential cross-franchises, cross-studio franchises. But I think um, the level of success it had, and I'm not keeping track of the time here, please, so tell me carry, if I carry go on, too long. Carry on, carry on. The level of success it had was a huge bellwether for Hollywood because of the pandemic. Because, you know, not that many of the big films released in 2021 you could really take as an accurate, you know, sort of measure of, of how uh, how successful things were going to come out of the gate. So if you look at the top four US domestic grossing films last year, it was No Way Home, Shang-Chi, Venom 2, Black Widow. And then I think you got Fast and Furious and Bond, and then it was um, Eternals. So I think only with No Way Home could you really sort of say, yeah, that's either exactly as successful as I expected it to be, or it's way more successful. With all the others, they were less successful, I think it's fair to say. You know, even Bond, even Fast and the Furious. You know, they were all kind of in comparison with their kind of franchise. So No Way Home proved that thing that I often see box office analysts say, which is that, you know, if the film is good enough, if the film is exciting enough, if the, if the property is exciting enough, then people will come out, you know, whatever. And I think, I think Top Gun is proving that again again this week and also the timing is everything you know no way home's timing was fairly accidental uh i think it was supposed to come out in july 2021 originally so it was actually only five months late which is for a kind of film being made during the pandemic was pretty, pretty fluky i think that they kind of get got so close to their their kind of stated release date um so now i've got a few thoughts about dr strange mm. um which I'll try and try and put into transition terms as well. So I think, um, yeah, certainly transition, but I think tradition within it as well. I mean, I, I heard your episode last week or a couple of episodes ago where you kind of did the, the debrief of Dr. Strange and, um, you know, there was some real excitement about the Illuminati, which I shared, completely shared. And um, the honouring of previous appearances, the fact that that even stretched a black bolt who had a kind of undignified exit, but um, it was lovely seeing it. It was lovely seeing it there. And, you know, I, I, there's, there's, there's sort of two ways of looking at that. It's either kind of really honouring uh, or really committing to fan service, or it's kind of huge refusal to acknowledge that you've done anything wrong. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, unpopular. I didn't look at that <laughs> second way of that. That's great. Yeah. And, and so kind of lo low in kind of, um, in kind of a claim. But then, you know, we also had, you know, had Reed Richards, which is a big thing for me. And, and um, you know, that is real old school Marvel honoring the old guard. And, and uh, another thing that struck me about Doctor Strange, it's a bit of a side issue because I don't think anybody watching or listening to this today is going to be one of these people. But I think it must be the, the first feature that's impossible to watch if you haven't seen any previous MCU features. I mean, for a while, I thought that about Endgame. You know, I think in Endgame they do kind of recap a little 
at the beginning but i think i think you'd be so you'd be so kind of lost with so if anybody wandered into the multiplex kind of thing you know who's not kind of a, a superhero literate or marvel literate i think they'd have really struggled um there was lots from after two in terms of comics there was lots from after the 2000s in there like uh, america chavez incursions you know marvel zombies which i think is a 2000s phenomenon um but also lots from the 70s you know the dark hold had a had a serious role mount wundergore which i was also i think alex said he was excited to see i was really excited to see mount wundergore um so you know there's there, there are no hard and fast rules i think about where the kind of which decades the material is going to come from it's not like kind of now they've started to catch up on 2010 onwards you know that they're not going to kind of keep going back and mining those scenes they're not going to be able to be as chrono chronological as the marvel universe has been in comics but they'll kind of, you know, they'll kind of piece these things together, which of course they're going to have to do because to feature the Fantastic Four, you need to loop back somewhat. You know, they're, they're never going to predate Captain America in the MCU, but there's going to be a way of having them, you know, have their kind of classic role, I think. Um, again, I think it's the see what works thing. We've got the TV, and I think Marvel's, Marvel's saying we've got the TVA, we've got the multiverse, you know, we'll find a way. Um, I wish they'd have really properly mentioned the TVA. Mm. It bugged me a little bit, but then I think there's a bit of discussion, isn't there, online about Reed's entrance and and kind of Reed maybe coming through a TVA-type portal. Um, I think because I feel I've been going on for a while. The last thing I'm going to say um, is I, I, I think uh, Doctor Strange kind of really proved the validity of what if. Mm. So, you know, like, we have to watch what if really carefully. Yep. And, um, you know, it it kind of gave that show a new authority. I mean, I went back and watched, you know, the um, the Doctor Strange episode, and I watched the the final episode again after my, after um, Multiverse of Madness. I think it really kind of feels now more. I was like, kind of like, I just breezed through this a bit the first time, and uh, not only did I kind of pick up on more stuff, but I just found it much more compelling. I think it's funny how that kind of you know, if you if you make it a bit canon with like with the live action world sort of makes you look at it in a more serious way. And I kind of felt that that's something that, like, you know, we're going to take away from a multiverse of madness and what if is an important show, I think. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what. So you said about you going on a little bit there, but I listened to every word you just said. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to all of it. It was it was great, and and I don't know. I joke about it, but uh, the Marvel professor. But that was literally that was a university lecturer giving us a lecture in ten oh, minutes I mean, on everything. I mean, it would world. never be as interesting as that if it was a real lecture. It never be as interesting as that. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only other thing I've got down here in the notes that 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 I didn't mention is is like um, I think I may have said oh. Disney Plus the, the opportunity Disney Plus gives to you guys were talking in one of your episodes about like will wonder or maybe on the page about will wonder be able to be redeemed and i think that thing of now it's been established that characters can kind of have their storylines resolved in other people's titles sort of thing mm -hmm. i wonder if titles will get less important mm -hmm. you know um I, I may have said before that like i could i could sort of envision a disney plus show that was like a bit of a Marvel Studios presents, and um, I still feel that now. You know, I kind of feel like you could have a cosmic version of that, and you could have a kind of a, an Eternals-based version. You could have, you know, this and that, and um, you know, they're, they're never going to be able to change anything about the way the movie industry uses titles. So 
I'm sure we'll always have a Captain America strand and we'll always have a, you know, a Spider-Man strand, but it, it, it sort of doesn't feel I've been, I've been rereading the Immortal Hulk recently for something that I'm working on. And when that, when that run, that comic run really got into its stride, the state of the Hulk was so established that you could have an issue that the Hulk hardly featured in. And I think we're kind of almost getting to that now, you know, with this kind of really rich universe where the characters, um, you don't always need, you know, there is no Iron Man there anymore, but you know, you don't always need that kind of like top level character to be, um, to be present for the start, for the, for the ongoing story to continue, which, you know, must give Marvel Studios a lot of opportunities really, because they don't have to always have a Hemsworth or an Evans or a, you know, Tom Holland, you know? Yeah. And uh, it gives you, I mean, going on exactly that point, look at Book of Boba Fett. You know, we, we, we gave ourselves a preview or they gave us a preview of what um, uh, Din Djarin was doing before we get to season three. So they haven't got to worry about reminding us what he's been doing, but we're ready to go. And that's that, right. Yeah. I mean, somebody else's in uh, somebody else's show. And um, I like the way you were saying about the, 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 yeah, okay. This might be a captain America movie, but that doesn't mean we can't tell a little bit of story about Hawkeye. And this might yeah. be, it's uh, a, a, a strange movie, but we've got a big chunk of development devoted to two other characters here, and <laughs> you're not really watching. You know, the sequel to the sequel to what was the previous movie that came out before uh, Multiverse of Madness? It was No Way Home, wasn't it? The sequel yeah. to No Way Home is Multiverse of Madness, yeah. and the sequel to Multiverse oh. of Madness is Miss Marvel, and the sequel to Miss Marvel is yeah. Thor: Love and Thunder, and the sequel to Thor: Love and Thunder is do you see what I mean? Yeah. 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 Go on, Alex. Oh, I was just going to say, I love the mention about titles, too, because I was sitting here thinking about, like, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and I was like, I wonder if when they put that movie out, if they ever thought that they would ever down the line make, like, a Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You know, like, that character really became popular after that movie um, because he was more of an antagonist in that movie, and then he kind of slid into that, like really yeah. popular like across the internet across everywhere so like yeah i could see like how the titles really don't matter in the end you know yeah i mean how many shows have we got now that have been about a villain or a reformed villain or a kind of former villain like hawkeye you know in comics anyway former villain like hawkeye reformed villain like you know a former bad guy like ant-man i mean um it's like it's it's um it's very fluid like that and uh and you know wonder wonder has been you know um sort of misunderstood well villain then kind of misunderstood then really heroic then misunderstood again and now pure villain <laughs> sort of then, then a pure villain again sort of in some ways so i mean it's kind of um you know there's this this yeah this acknowledgement of the fluidity but i mean I, I, you know i kind of i don't i don't think they will do something like marvel studios presents i just think it will kind of feel like that but i do think that that strangely brings things closer to comics as well you know um you know, as I said about the Immortal Hulk, but even like early Fantastic Four, you know, when Wakanda is properly introduced in Fantastic Four, you, the camera kind of goes off the Fantastic Four for ages, yep. you know, in, in the comic. Um, so I think it's um, it's a little bit like that. But it's, I mean, it's been an exciting period and you, you guys picked a great year to, to launch, I think, because, I mean, there's just been so much more text to talk about, you know, because of the, <laughs> the, the sheer amount of Disney Plus stuff. Mm. I'd just something you just brought up there just just lastly we've got to move on in a minute but um something that you brought up there about wanda's journey so far which isn't over nope. you know she's it, it reminded me of when he used to watch 
uh, professional wrestling with a with a with a wrestler because they go from mm. heel to face and they kind of yeah. they have these transitions and you start seeing this character doing things that like, that's that's not quite who you know the rock was like why is why are people now starting to boo him and then why is he acting yeah. like that? and then all of a sudden he then becomes a villain and then he's a villain and he's a proper villain and then he starts kind of reforming again because then he'll help a goodie out and you know then he's then he's a face again and then he's a heel again and it's yeah. kind of it steps and flows isn't it yeah, I, th- I think it's like kind of that's a good comparison to wrestling. I think it's like, you know, even though we're dealing with superpowered people so much, I think, you know, if you think about it, the people who are, you know, cause problems in your life or make great things happen in your life, they don't go away, do they? They're always there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, kind of like, you know, sometimes they're causing problems and sometimes they're helping to make sure everything's great and you're doing that in other people's lives too. So I think the kind of, I think, I think that helps humanize it really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know it's controversial. I know it'd be difficult to see, you know, how Wanda kind of comes back from this. And I think sometimes, the, you know, maybe the writers of some shows don't thank the writers of other movies for leaving characters in certain places, you know. <laughs> um, but there, there must be some ongoing, bi- you know, enormous Bible that Kevin Feige has got locked, locked in his basement. Um, but, but you know, I, I, you know, that's just like people, isn't it? That happens with people. They mm. stick around. Yeah, mm. certainly, certainly. Um, Martin, look, we, it's been great chatting. Well, I say chatting. It's been great being schooled. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's been great being schooled. Honestly, that was that was excellent. And I know, and I know, like you said, you felt like you you spoke for most of it, which you did. But I, uh, you know, you had you had uh, I heard every word of it. Personally. You made really good points. You yeah, really did. Agreed. Yeah, really good, good stuff. Well, well, good luck with uh, your anniversary show, and uh, yeah, keep keep going. It's a great show. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us, Martin. We'll um, we'll no certainly catch you again in another few months and have you back on to give us another schooling, mate. Yeah, great. Thanks very much, Mike. Right. Thank you, Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Wow, like. <laughs> right. Well, that, that goes that goes back to what Alex said about all the, all the guests bring different things, yep. and I think there's some guests you want and you want to put things back and forth with, but like some Martin there you're quite happy to just sit and listen to what he's got to say because there's so much there and you just want to sit and take it all in so i think yeah absolutely rmc and and those from the group all say thank you martin so if you're still listening thank you for coming on and really appreciate the the insight and as andy says the schooling (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely um yeah so um that was fantastic brilliant we've got another guest coming on hopefully he's he's ready for us um yeah he's, he's there He's there. Coming in. Let's get him in. All right. Here we go. What's going on, guys? Happy one year, happy one year uh, anniversary and congratulations. Monty Harry. How you doing, my friend? Doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. Thank you for having me, as, as always. You're very, very welcome. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, yeah. We've just been, just been chatting to Martin. I saw. Um, I saw. I was watching. Yeah. yeah great, great stuff. It was, it was, it was interesting. So what we, ch- and as you know, we chatted to Martin about transition and part of that transition is the transition of these relatively unknown characters. I wouldn't say relatively unknown to the sort of mainstream, I guess. The mainstream. Yeah. yeah from the comics, they've transitioned now into the MCU. Um, we know you're a big comics man. We know you've, uh, you've, you've got a lot of, um, 
knowledge when it comes to the comics. So just in regards to sort of how these characters have transitioned from the pages and from the panels into onto the screen, what have been your thoughts over the last few months? So I would say, you know, one thing that really stands out as far as like from a, a holistic standpoint is we're getting like kind of early, you know, more like green, more wet behind the ears kind of characters, right? Um, we're getting those versions of the characters as opposed to in Marvel, you know, in the comics, often what will happen, you know, or at least sometimes you'll have a character come in kind of looking like they're already established. And then, you know, they'll, they'll do, you know, they'll do their thing. And then we'll get later on and dig into their backstory at a later date. Um, a really good example of that would be, for example, America Chavez. Because America Chavez made her debut, you know, in the Vengeance uh, uh, storyline. And um, America Chavez uh, debuted actually as Miss America. So when she hit the scene, she was already, you know, she was, you know, for... Uh, lack of a better word, she was a badass. You know, she came in, she could fight, she was strong, her powers are developed, she had her skills. Um, whereas, you know, we're kind of seeing, you know, the, the 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 characters kind of have to have to develop. You know, we saw her in Multiverse of Madness, where you know she couldn't even use her powers at will. Um, you know, so that's a very very big uh, very big departure. Uh, um, you know, from the comics. Um, you know, I guess kind of just, you know, I, I to go down the line, per, you know, per se, I would, you know, uh, I would say, you know, starting with, let's say, you know, Shang-Chi. So a big thing with, with Shang-Chi was, you know, first of all, starting with the appearance, right? Shang-Chi's appearance has been updated, you know, significantly. He's got the cool red dragon scale armor, you know, that's functional. Uh, whereas Shang-Chi, you know, was a product of the 70s Kung Fu craze where Bruce Lee was, you know, really big and popular and whatnot. And that was Marvel's attempt to capitalize on that. And his outfit really reflects it because his outfit reflects what was cool in those movies at that time. So, you know, with Shang-Chi, he had, you know, the red robes and like the flowy arms and like, you know, kind of looked like a little bit of a like Bruce Lee, but with long hair and, you know, also kind of like mixed with, you know, those uh, the Kung Fu movies with the really bad dubbing. So it's like they're like Tiger style and they're not keeping on. You know, those those movies that that's really what you saw, you know, with uh, with Shang-Chi, you know, kind of ripping off that that whole vibe. So, you know, from an appearance and from a, um, a from a thematic standpoint, um, it's nice that it's been updated, you know, so he's been updated to a more, um, how can I say it, a more modernized take on that character, right? Didn't he also, didn't he also uh, star in, in the books? Didn't he star alongside a lot of um, MI-13 as well? Correct. And, and, and in the, at the time, so I'm the only one here that's going to be able to do it. Well, actually, I say that. I'm not sure. But at the time, of, <laughs> yeah. yes, good on you, jolly old chap. You know, it was all that sort of stuff, weren't it? You know, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it was exactly. all very kind of typically English, wasn't yeah. it? Long with yeah. typical sort of, you know, kung fu master. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and that's kind of the unfortunate side a little bit of it is, you know, whereas it was uh, a little more kind of funny and just kind of a joke with uh, with that with that English side compared to the, um, 
the takes or the interpretation of an East Asian person mm -hmm. by Marvel at that time was a little bit more on what you might call like a little bit of a racist side, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit more of the stereotypical side. Um, you know, you had Fu Manchu, which they Marvel totally distanced themselves from and deleted and China, you know, when they first heard that, uh, that they were even going to do Shang-Chi as a movie, there was a big uproar because of the history, you know, that, that was tied to that. So, uh, you know, so you've seen that updating and, and actually that's kind of a little bit of a theme we'll, you know, we'll talk about as we get into some other characters here, um, that is, 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 you know, a modernizing and updating of, of, uh, of these characters is, is really good. And, and, um, you know, in the case of Shang-Chi, you know, they got rid of Fu Manchu, they merged him with, um, uh, you know, with with the Mandarin, and they basically made Wen Wu his father. So that was uh, that was a big uh, that was a big update, you know, for that character, and and definitely a big uh, you know transition. Because I know, as you were talking about just a little bit ago, I mean, the theme is you know really transition. I think whoever whoever came up with that, I don't know whoever decided they were going to take the credit for it or not. I don't know you guys kind of weren't sure who was going to do it. <laughs> actually, actually, yeah, I got a comment from. Uh... RMC here. He says, uh, it was me that called it the age of transition and expansion. Whole MCU is expanding and so many characters are going through a transition. Winter Soldier, Captain America, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Thor, etc. I really like what Martin had to say. Yeah. So, so RMC is trying to credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. Great. Well. Well. Yeah. So he couldn't have put it any better. You know, it, it really is because you know there is a tor there's a bit of a torch passing, right? You know, you have uh, you have Iron Man who's no longer here. You have Captain America, you know, no longer with us as far as, as you know, on the moon or, or wherever he is. They've just they've just I love how they've just literally deleted him with no other explanation whatsoever. Oh, it's so ambiguous on it's what where most, he is. <laughs> the most ambiguous camp character transition ever. So, so you have, you know, have all these characters who those roles need to be filled. You know, you have Falcon stepping up. Uh, we're not a hundred percent sure who's going to fill that Iron Man role. I mean, spiritually, so far it kind of seems like Doctor Strange because he's kind of, you know, more on the organizing thing. He keeps tabs on everybody. He has the ability to kind of jump from place to place pretty quickly. He has the resources, so he kind of seems to fill that role to some extent. But you know, then there's, you know, you need a tech person. So yep. is it is it going to be Ironheart? Uh, you know, are we going to see a mix of of Ironheart? Sure. You know, Shuri. Uh, you know who's gonna who's gonna really step up and 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 fill that role? So so that still kind of remains to be seen. But that's another transition. Is you know, even so Banner gonna help fill that role in some ways? Because you know he was pretty close with with uh, Stark in the MCU and was pretty yep. in depth in, in the Stark technology. So even mm -hmm. Hulk could help that. We we still have the Pym Hank Pym there as well, and, and Scott Lang also who could all kind of tag team that together. And when they Absolutely. finally do bring uh, Reed into the the six one six in the MCU. You know, he can go full on because it looked like in 838, he did succeed on the Ultron uh, yeah. protocol. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so continuing on with that, you know, that that kind of that transition and then also the expansion theme, you know, we have all these uh, different characters also being added. So, you know, just kind of finishing up here, I guess, with with uh, with with Shang-Chi. I mean, you know, we have that he's expanded now but then also comparing him to his prior uh comic iteration um it is interesting to see a greener 
you know, Shang-Chi, because again, like I mentioned before, Shang-Chi is shown to us as he's master of Kung Fu. That That's his thing. He's the master. He's a master already. Whereas Shang-Chi, you know, yes, he's a master, but he's kind of hung it up for a while. He hasn't really fully embraced it. He hasn't been Shang-Chi with the Ten Rings who can now battle, you know, planet busting uh, um, threats. You know, he's only been that for just this one movie. And we saw that transition happen. You know, we saw that grow. So, um, so yeah, so that was uh, that was really cool. Um, you know, another thing there, and, and this will probably be the last thing I, I go on Shang-Chi before I keep going. Um, but one thing that was really interesting about that, the, the comparison of the comic Shang-Chi to the, um, you know, to the, I guess, MCU version is, uh, you know, uh, in the uh, the Dan Slott story, uh, Spider Island, I don't know if you guys are familiar or you've read it or whatnot, really great story for those watching. If you haven't, you know, read Spider Island or if you want to get into comics, it's a really fun story. Essentially, everyone in Manhattan, you know, due to a nefarious plot by the Jackal and, and the Spider Queen, ends up with Spider-Man powers. So now everyone, you have bad people and good people with Spider-Man powers. And obviously you can imagine the mayhem that would cause if all of Manhattan's running around with Spider-Man powers. So, <laughs> so Spider-Man now has to come up with an edge for himself. And who does he turn to? He turns to Shang-Chi in the comics. And Shang-Chi being this master, this true master of Kung Fu, he breaks down Spider-Man's powers and abilities thinks about it versus his own Kung Fu and what he's learned and what he's mastered. And he mixes it into the way of the spider and then creates essentially with Spider-Man, a whole Kung Fu style specific to someone with spider powers. So like the Shang-Chi in the MCU, he couldn't really do that yet. I'm pretty sure, you know, I don't think he's at that point of mastery and of experience, but the Shang-Chi in the, in the comics, uh, you know, really could. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if we could see that uh, maybe in one of the future Spider-Mans, that crossover, maybe Spider-Man 5 yeah. and Spider-Man 6. At some point, though, hope, hope to see that. And just to go back on the tech piece and mention some of the, the players, uh, RMC says they missed the boat uh, big time with Hank Pym and definitely in, in the MCU. We got some glimpses, but there's still a lot more they could unpack with him. They should totally put him in like a Fantastic Four movie, like in the past, or they should also just do a Hank Pym and Goliath movie with uh, Lawrence Fishburne and just or use the, the aging tech and just make yeah. him young again. Yeah, yeah. or a series. Yeah, Disney Plus that. series would be great, and that goes back to our, our theory that they need to tie, you know, Fantastic Four and Hank Pym together. That whole accident back from in game back in the the seventies that happened before, and that's how they got shipped off and. All this kind of stuff. There's so many ways they could do it and bring that through Quantumania just to introduce them to the MCU. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. RMC says great idea, Alex. Yeah, I really like that idea too. Definitely. Definitely. Um, let's see. So you know, talking about uh, comics to to the um, to the MCU. Uh, you know, moving on to the one of the more recent ones we just saw. You know, America Chavez. Um, you know, first of all, I, I just wanted to give kind of Marvel their shout out for that, because I think, you know, that's really how inclusion should be done. You know, she, uh, in the comics is a, is if, in case, you know, people watching didn't know this or not, she's the first Latina lesbian superhero. And, um, you know, the way they did that, you know, giving her her own due, giving her, you know, a feature in a major storyline, giving her the proper marketing, putting good writers behind her, 
Um, you know, that's how I, in my opinion, you know, being a person of color, being from that minority background, um, I think that's really the best way to do it rather than kind of having it piggyback off of, you know, a more uh, established, uh, you know, character like uh, like, for example, I, I, pro I much prefer how America Chavez was done to how uh, Ironheart uh, was done. You know, uh, Riri Williams, even though Riri is an awesome character, um, I would rather her have been her kind of even though. And yes, she was inspired by Tony. I kind of rather I kind of rather her be her own thing, like yeah. like America Chavez. Um, and then just, you know, rather than it having to, cause she, she, she exists by default in the shadow of Iron Man. Yep. And, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather be more like, like America Chavez. So shout out to Marvel for, for really doing that. Right. Um, 100% agree on that too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so now, you know, comparing that, you know, again, uh, comparing the comics to the, to the MCU, in addition to the fact that she's a bit younger, uh, in the MCU, the, the America Chavez is a, is a little bit older, a little bit more of a of a developed, you know, maturely, uh, you know, kind of person. Um, <clears throat> so her power source, we haven't really gotten much of a background yet on why she has her powers. Really, they just kind of showed that they, you know, developed because um, you know apparently she doesn't really like bees that much. Um, but you know, seriously, it was a uh, it was a little bit kind of a um, there's a little bit kind of a backstory that we're going to need to dig into as far as in, in the MCU uh, later on. But in the um, in the comics, you know, she gets her powers from what's called the uh, the Demiurge, uh, which essentially is like the Phoenix Force, but for just planet Earth. And that is what gave birth to the Elder Gods. And I'm hoping that they'll mention that to some degree in Thor, Love and Thunder. And when we start getting into the Elder Gods and, and who gave birth to who and where these gods actually came from. Um, but that's a piece of that, you know, was absorbed into America in her original home world. And that's how she ended up with the powers of, you know, super strength flight and being able to create the the uh, the portals that she has you know so um so that's so that's kind of a good that's like uh something to look out for you know we don't know yet if that's going to be different or not but just something to look out for um, i can almost see her them tying her to the beyonders possibly or um even the watchers or something like that because they mentioned that she was born outside of the multiverse mm -hmm, yeah. correctly so there's something more to it, and I, I think you're on a, on a right path there. But there's something going to be really unique about her that we're going to find out with uh, with America Chavez. She could yeah. be born in the quantum realm too. Yep. Like that that could be the reason why she has no variants is because yep. there are no other versions of her. You know, she's outside of it. She's like yep. smaller right. than than it. You know. Yeah. Right. yeah. You're coming up with the theories tonight, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's, well, that's why I think she's like Watcher, you know, a breed, wherever they're from, or Beyonder, or whatever mm -hmm. they do in the MCU, because of that certain tie right there. Yeah. Right, right. Or, you know, maybe she was born in the TVA. Yeah, that too. Yeah. That's why I discussed that as well. On yeah. one of our side chats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, I'm not, not going to stick too much longer on American Chavez, but another thing that they, they kind of did, another inclusionary thing as well, was they, they had her have two mothers, yep. uh, which was which was cool. I, you know, I, I, I definitely am a, a, a big fan of when, you know, Marvel opens up to, you know, all these different, um, you know, 
races, ethnicities, and creed, and I always, you know, try to try to shout them out when they do it the right way. You know? mm-hmm. So um, moving on to one that I really, you know, was looking forward to talking talking a bit about uh, Kate Bishop. So Kate Bishop, I think, was really well done in the MCU. She also was really well done in the comics. Um, you know, very, very, very happy with the way Hawkeye played out. It kind of pleasantly surprised me. I went in with with kind of low uh, expectations. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I went in with low expectations. I didn't know, you know, exactly what they were going to do. Hawkeye's not exactly my favorite, although I do have some, you know, some some big moments where I do, uh, you know, uh, respect Hawkeye and things that he's done, uh, you know, sacrifices and things that he's made, but. Uh, for the most part, he's not really a character I, I follow too closely. Although, for those at home, if you really want a great Hawkeye story to learn, um, read Matt Fra- not to learn, but just enjoy Matt Fraction's run of Hawkeye is probably you know you'll enjoy that you know even if you don't even really like Hawkeye that much and you just want to try to check him out, definitely a a, a run to check out. But you know, getting back to Kate Bishop. Um, now, comparing her origin to the origin we saw or her backstory in the MCU, um, this is where, and this actually connects nicely to another conversation that was kind of popular in the in the MCU group uh, very recently, which was, should there be, uh, you know, uh, basically the status of rated, rated R content. Or, or MA or mature content in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Does it limit creativity? Does it re, does it limit you know essentially what the product the, at the end of the day that we're getting from Marvel, right? And I think this actually when you compare Kate Bishop in the comics to Kate Bishop in MCU, I think you do start to see that. And and, and what I'm getting at with this is in Kate Bishop's origin story in the comics she becomes who she is because she was the victim of a sexual assault in prospect park she actually was i mean i'm sorry in central park i'm getting my parks mixed up here i live in new york um so she was you know walking through central park late at night and was attacked you know and uh you know was a victim in 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 that regard and that's really what was the main driving force. She didn't really have much. She admired Hawkeye, but she didn't really have much um, influence with or or interaction with Hawkeye, uh, you know, early on as they're showing her in the MCU, which is also another big uh, departure. But um, but this, you know, but the fact that 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 can't really be explored in the MCU, I feel is a little bit of a limiting factor. And that's that's you know, why I say that, um, you know, the, the mature or rated R or whatever content, I think by that being kind of subtracted from the MCU or them be reluctant to lean into that, I think it does limit, as I believe Andy said, the, the reality or, or how real we can really show it, the real stories. Like, you know, you kind of have more of these puffy, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, happy you know, happy path stories, whereas, you know, life gets dark sometimes and life is gritty and life is real. And, and, and all of us have had our struggles and all of us have had our our ups and downs. And, um, you know, it'd be nice if Marvel could reflect that, you know, that brutality a little bit of life because it's real and we all experience it at some point. No one goes through life unscathed. 
you know? And um, so in comparing Kate Bishop um, comics wise to the MCU, that's one thing right away that just glaringly stands out to me. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about that or, or if you guys knew about that or whatnot. So I gotta, I gotta, uh, coming here from RMC about the way they did Kate Bishop. He's the only thing they messed up was her fight with Fisk. She should have beat. Uh, she shouldn't have beat him so easily. Should have barely made it out of the situation. Only because of her inner experience, though. I think mm-hmm. she's great and going to be even better. But that's my big complaint from the show. Otherwise, it was absolute beautiful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some other, you know, agreed RM. She should have, you know. I've gotten a real beating, so. Kind of <laughs> hey, well, it, why do we want Kate Bishop to get beat up so bad? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, and Roxy feels like the same way. I get well. it. I get it. Yeah, but you know, to to go to go back, you know, I can see why they didn't do the, you know, the the sexual assault. Of course, you know, it, of it, course. It's, it's not it's not MCU SVU, you know. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but they could do some things. They don't have to actually go to that depth. Right. I, I think exactly. they could do a, a better balance of. You know, and they have shown some trauma very well in the MCU, and I think they need to find a better balance of it. But I, I think they can still, you know, get the, get some of the grittiness, get some of the, that backstory in without actually having to go full into that backstory. I just think they need to do a better balance of it because we've seen some things in Moon Knight, we've seen some things throughout the MCU. We don't have to see everything. There can be some things left to imagination or some things implied without actually having to show it though. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I love Hawkeye. I like, for example, there's some scenes for me that just you know they are unique and stand out. Like like the car chase scene where yeah. uh, where Hawkeye. That's like I I don't know if I've seen anything like that in any other uh, MCU film, and uh, that actually reminded me a lot of uh, you know when um, uh, when. Either when Penguin was trying to get away from the Batman in the most recent The Batman movie, it also reminded me of when the Joker was trying to get away from the Batman in uh, in the Dark Knight movie. It's like the way that was shot and the angles. It, it, it was just uh, it, it almost it, it, it wasn't out of place. It almost seemed a little bit, but it was so good and it was so well done. And the rest of that show just flowed and it was fun and it was light and it was had great action. So I love the show. Don't get it wrong no, i'm just pointing out in the differences from the comics to the uh yes, to the yes. mcu that uh that it does limit what you can do it does limit the types of stories you can tell and it limits your ability to kind of go deep now whether that's good or bad you know it's it's fine i don't think that they necessarily should have gone that deep with that traumatic of a story but there's they could have done other things as you said jarian that i that i felt and then a couple more comments here too. Arm, real quick, Alex. RMC goes. It would have been very bold to use that backstory, but might have been too big a risk for the show. Sure, it would have definitely set a different. Yeah, it would have certainly tone. set a different tone going forward. If you kick in straight with that, it definitely wouldn't feel the same. You'd imagine. And then one more comment here. Someone says, "100% agree, Monty." Opens up possibilities for some touchy subjects. Don't need the R rating. But a bit more mature leaning wouldn't hurt. Don't want uh, to alienate parts of the audience, and that, that's where I'm seeing that that my balance yep. thing coming from. Because you're having all ages now watch the MCU from younger ages to older ages, and so yeah, I get it. Maybe Marvels could say, you know, maybe we have two different ratings, you know, in the content, and one you know doesn't show it. Maybe one is more deeper into it. Who knows how they can balance it? But they're trying to balance that all for all ages type of, of thing. 
Two two points. First of all, one thing they did miss out from the comics was they should have had was boomerang arrow. I was gonna say that. I was literally I've been sitting here thinking that this entire time. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, but no, uh, um, on a more serious note. Um, oh, where was it going? Oh yeah. So um, obviously with with the upcoming Miss Marvel show, we're showing that we can go that way. It's going to be, it's, it's a U rated, isn't it? It's the lowest rating they can go. So it's almost like, well, okay, if you're going to go this way, why can't you go the other way? Exactly. You know, why can't there be some properties within the Marvel world that are, that are, you know, U rated and absolutely friendly for absolutely everybody. You know, a six year old could sit there and watch it and enjoy it. And then there's some properties that you actually know, you know, it's the same, it's the same in the, in, in the books, isn't it though? You know, would you give a, a five-year-old, a copy of, you know, Deadpool. Mar- Marvel Knights Deadpool, Punisher. Deadpool Max. Mm-hmm. Deadpool Max. Exactly. You know? That's my point. So you wouldn't, yeah. would you? But you, you would give them a copy of something different. And, it, you know, so there's different things. My, my, We've been to the uh, comic book store today. And although my son was, he's, you know, 12, it's slightly different. You know, most things are okay, especially within comics. But I will always have a look. Oh, what have you picked up there? Oh, yeah, that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. in, in the same way, can't the MCU be like that when the parents go, well, hold on, let's have a look. What is that that part of this about? I mean, I guess the problem is, as I was saying earlier, that the sequel to uh, Multiverse of Madness is Miss Marvel and the sequel to Miss Marvel is Fall of and Thunder, et cetera, et cetera. If they, if they do have big, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, connections between from one to the other and it's vital that you see every project, then I guess that that falls down that that idea falls down but it's it's an idea where they could have some shows that are sort of you know good for everybody and some shows that are you know actually these are the shows that only 16 plus one can watch yeah and and even sorry go ahead jerry yeah which i think we're going to see that with deadpool because i think deadpool is going to be the first rated project um but also too it it seemed like with mom with some of the elements in the movie I, i think as they start going down the darker path in the mcu um, we may see some more of that. I think that Multiverse of Madness might have started us down that path, um, at least from the, the horror side of it. So we could get it from that aspect. <clears throat> and then RMC just saying here, I feel it's more the parent's responsibility. Mm. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I think so, too. I think, you know, it's uh, just because it's got a Marvel label slapped on it, as you guys pointed out, you know, the comics is the same way. I mean, there are mature comics that you wouldn't give. And and also, you know, like you like up to the parents is one of the best comments, because just because it's a certain character doesn't necessarily mean it's good or bad, because like you have Deadpool Max. Right. But then you also have Spider-Man and Deadpool, which is completely hilarious and lighthearted and not really that brutal. It's a little gross at times because Deadpool gets random body parts chopped off and grows <laughs> them back. And but it's more of a, a hysterical kind of thing. It's a funny thing. Whereas you know, in, in other iterations of Deadpool, earlier iterations, and also you know, Deadpool Max stuff like that, you're seeing a lot more of a uh, uh, not so kid-friendly yeah. uh, adult content sort of. So um, so you know, to your to your point, uh, Andy, I really agree with that. I think that um, I think that we really need to be able to have that versatility within you know the MCU and 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 open it up both ways, uh, you know, to to have that that content. So all the different types of stories can be told. Um, so real quick, very yeah. uh, Carmichael has a good has a main point here as well. He says the main headline phrase of Miss Marvel is every generation needs a hero. 
And I think that's Marvel trying to tell us exactly this. Mm. So that, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. That's, that's, a, a, good that's a great take. That's a great take. I love that. Um, I mean, I, I hope it's true, you know, but I, I definitely love that interpretation for sure. I feel like the MCU is kind of almost like the real world, like, and, and I hate to say this, but like with Marvel comics too, like it's, it should be one of those things where it's like, yeah, there should be things you may not want to show your kids just like there are in the real world. Like, obviously you don't want to see the Punisher, you know, beating up thugs and killing thugs, like, and show that to your children. But at the same time, like a lot of people do, they can use this show like Miss Marvel as a way to get their child into something they love, which is Marvel. So it's it's kind of like a nice little way for a parent or even just a guardian, whoever, to take their child and say, "Hey, like you should, you sh- you might enjoy this and share something they love together." You know, a nice a nice transition. Yeah, yeah, nice little transition. <laughs> and RMC agrees is exactly and exactly. I'm going to use that as a way to introduce my daughter more. You know, I've been getting her into stuff through um, uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, and I'm going to try to get her to sit down and watch Miss Marvel as well. So definitely transition and in ways to get that in so mm-hmm. yep yep so so yeah so just you know in general i guess you know just speaking more general about the comparisons of the you know the comics to uh to the mcu you know that's that's definitely another one is is they're they're kind of going mostly a lot more a, a lot lighter in some cases with with the with the origins and with the way that they introduce characters um you know stuff like that um i guess finishing up you know, Kate Bishop. There's just a couple of things like her. Her mother was actually not close with her at all. I know that they fought in the show, but they weren't even anything. Her mother was actually not alive <laughs> in the beginning. She was presumed dead at the beginning of you know Kate Bishop's first kind of appearances, and then later on we we find out the negative history attributed to their family and their crime, their ties to crime, and you know the underhanded dealings that they had. So. You know that's a that's kind of a big uh, a big departure there in some ways. Um, Echo was tied to Daredevil, not to uh, Kate Bishop or Hawkeye or the Young Avengers in any way. Uh, so that's another uh, another big uh, you know comparison there. Um, another uh, one that I did like that they kept from the comics was the tracksuit mafia. That was uh, that was definitely good. That was good. I, I like who didn't bro. love? Yeah, bro. Come on, bro. Who didn't love the tracksuit mafia, bro? No. <laughs> Seriously, like I, I don't know anyone who didn't love those guys. They were just like great comic relief, but also like you know, semi-capable bad guys. I guess <laughs> like, they were they were fun. I'm I'm glad they kept that. Um, you know, from the comics. Um, let's see. So, Go ahead. Why you think? Why thinking real quick? Just to kind of think here. If you think that maybe if if uh, DC. Uh, and Mar- Marvel reverse. So DC was under Disney and Marvel was under Warner Brothers Discovery or whatever it's called now. Do you think it would be a different situation with some of this content uh, in the in these movies? <clears throat> for Marvel or for DC? Yeah, for Marvel in this conversation. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so would we have seen... Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, because you know we look at uh, when you see uh, like Peacemaker, for example... Peacemaker, I have to believe that would never happen right now in Marvel. Like the stuff that they get away with and, and they do in Peacemaker as a comic property 
they like they wouldn't even touch that with a ten foot pole with Marvel. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah so so to that question, I definitely think we we'd see um, we'd see some different some different things going on. I think it would be, I think they would have. Um, they might have tried to lean into like a Deadpool type of verse. I mean, I'm sorry, into a Daredevil type of verse a little harder. And then, you know, you saw the problems that DC's having. So they would have to lighten it up. <clears throat> so they kind of swung in different ways. If yeah. you look at it, like Marvel has kind of swung more to the lightheartedness and the fun, good natured side. Whereas DC tried to do the darkness. Marvel was a lot more successful. DC was not, and now DC swinging kind of a little bit more like Marvel, but they still have that bite. Yep. So, mm-hmm. and so what's so funny is, so definitely, then we have the Disney factor here. And go ahead, Alex. Yeah. And then after Alex is done, I want to get two comments in here in the chat too as well. I, yep. I was just going to say, and what's funny about the DC thing too is that as a property with Peacemaker. Peacemaker didn't really have a lot of like source material either. So they kind of had like a lot of different directions that they can take that character. They can kind of bend that character and make it. So even though like it's not ri- or actually originally a DC property Peacemaker is, I think it was owned by Wiz Comics or yeah, something Wiz at Comics. one point. Yeah. So like, even though it started out with them over the years, they've kind of just like used him as a side character in like stories like crisis on infinite earths and just random things throughout stories. So they can kind of just kind of make that show however they want with DC. And I think that's kind of why it kind of succeeded almost in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of uh, chats here. Um, so uh, yes, definitely parents responsibility. I think as parents, we know uh, that would be suitable for, ch- or what would be suitable for children. My youngest doesn't watch Marvel because I know it's something he could cope with. It's not something he could cope with. Although he has uh, started watching Spidey and his amazing friends at Disney, whereas Great Xander, start. as you know, it's seen it all except Deadpool. And my son is, is like Xander as well. He's seen pretty much everything except uh, Deadpool. And then um, RMC has a comment here as well I wanted to get to. Um, my nephew has autism and Asperger's, and we've gone to every Marvel movie ever. MCU and Sony both. It's tradition now with Marvel at the root. There's things I don't want him to see still yet, but as he gets older, it's fine, just like the real world. Yeah. I... I just real quick, I just wanted to just say how much I love that, you know, it's become like a family thing. Whereas like, you know, when I grew up, Marvel was like, you know, comic nerds and kind of some people liked it and people liked the X-Men shows. But and it was like either boys or nerds like, you know, that's that that's kind of the, the audience of comics. And now it's like, you know, you have all types of people from all walks of life, like enjoying it as a family and and also enjoying it you know, as adults and enjoy, enjoying it as kids, it's, it's really great. It is great. And have you seen, um, I don't know whether it's 21 or 22 Jump Street. I'm not sure which one it is, but um, with Jonah Hill and um, mm-hmm. Tatum and they, they go to, they go to the school and he, and he says, Oh, um, I can't remember which one, which one to, I'm sure it's, it's Jonah Hill says to Channing Tatum, no, put your bag, put your bag, both, you know, both oh, straps. It's 21. <laughs> yeah, 21. Yeah. He says, put, put both straps over it. He goes, that's, that's cool now. And, and Channing Tatum's character says, no, that's not cool. Like, you've got to do one strap. <laughs> one strap. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and, and he's getting a one strap, one strap. And he's like, no, 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 both, both straps is cool. And he goes, oh, whatever. And he goes with one strap and he gets over there. And basically, um, they all take the mick out of him, don't they? For yeah. one strap. And he's like, but hold on, this, was, this used to be cool. And then he, he like bullies, bullies some nerds and they're like, 
nah man that's not cool and like, yeah. wait, this used to be cool and he's like wait comics are cool like, and all this stuff he's like it's <laughs> cool now isn't it you know everything's everything's cool now um Absolutely. so that that's funny how that's changed but also like you were saying monty as well and our um lisa and um rmc have both said that it, it is a family affair you know we we watch it is it is absolute tradition like every marvel release we all go together in in this household you know there's me and my, my wife and my two sons um and we watch all the shows together a premiere day like we'll watch them all together it's it's, it's it is a tradition um i'm not sure whether that's existed before mm. i mean i don't i don't remember sitting doing those sorts of things with with my parents that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, Marvel is now, you know, that's what got the world record or whatever. It's the longest continuous story ever told, both um, in written as well as on on screen. Mm-hmm. So, so it's it, it's come here. Go ahead, Alex. I was just going to say real quick, it's funny that you say that too, because I know a lot of people that aren't really interested in Marvel, but you find that right character that interests them and then suddenly they get drawn in. So it's like, I find that with family, with friends, things like that, I just have to find that one character. Like recently I was talking to one of my buddies and I started talking about Gore and he was never interested in Marvel until I started explaining what Gore the God Butcher was and the new Thor movie. And then suddenly he was like, oh, well, that sounds pretty interesting. Tell me more. And I was like, oh, okay. But I think that that's what you kind of almost have to do is you have to find that right character to kind of push it along for some people. Yeah, you know? agreed. And uh, it, that that also plays in well with with somebody that we've already seen right? um, only on video. But um, Paul Paul Scardino with his yep. with his Funko collection, we know when we spoke to Paul um, about his therapy, what he does for for a job. But um, the, the Funkos we they they transcended just being a collectible item and actually became a way of breaking the ice between him and his patients. They they found a Funko, a character like you was just saying, Alex, a character that they had a. Uh, an, uh, an affiliation to or you know a bond with and that kind of broke down that barrier between paul and the patient and and that kind of in in the same way it can link people together can't it it can link families you know so okay it's not everybody might like moon Knight, but if somebody likes moon Knight here and this person doesn't it's still marvel so there's a link mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on here yeah. From, the, from the group the right entry point Yep. And yep. Exactly. I want to I circle back to Fred's comment here because about the James Gunn conversation. Uh, James Gunn definitely shines with lesser-known characters, and I don't think you want to do a big household name, although he does seem interested in Harley Quinn a bit more. Which, if you look at his track record from the DCU and the MCU, you know, he's, you know, kind of taking the lesser-known characters because I don't, the Guardians weren't a big, you know, household name, you know. Mm, you know true. He, you watch the cartoons or the comics, you know who they are, but they weren't like ma- big mainstream people, and neither was, like you said, um, um, Peacemaker or you know that kind of stuff. Either what he's doing on the DC EU side, so mm-hmm. or even the Suicide Squad, even stuff he's done. So, but but what's funny is, is they've taken that title, Guardians of the Galaxy, and they've used it as like a means to introduce characters like Adam Warlock which yeah. are instrumental in the comics. You know, right. huge characters. So it's funny, like that's probably a character that the public may not know so well, but like now everybody knows who the guardians of the galaxy are, Yep. you know? So, uh, yeah. 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 I love that. Here. I love what he's doing. Yeah. And another one here, I, I went to most of the films in the theater, but for me, I didn't get super excited about the MCU until Disney plus series. 
mm. long format is so much better for story and world building, which which gets what's um which is interesting because you know Mar- Disney Plus has that platform, and it seems they like to paint themselves in the corner, whether it's number of episodes or the length of episodes in some cases. And yes, they can do that world building and tell the story, but they need to be more fluid with the, the number of episodes and the length of episodes. I, I feel sometimes they come up short in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's Seb, by the way. So, uh, how you doing, Seb? Good to see you. Yeah, let's well, you Seb. And well, then Seb. another comment from the group: um, lifelong Marvel <clears throat> fan, but I didn't really like MCU <clears throat> until Winter Soldier. Then I was sold. <clears throat> so. Interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, money. What, what else? What else you got, mate? Have we got? Any, we got anything about any uh, any other characters transitioning? Because we we can't be here all night. I'm afraid. No, no, no. That's fine. That's fine. I I I guess you know the last one. I just you know just because it's personal to me is the Illuminati. <laughs> I, I just love the you know seeing the the difference you know in between the way those characters were were really worked. I mean. Um, but really, honestly, the, the where it really shined for me was kind of the similarity because the similarity of the comics and the Illuminati in the in the in the MCU was um, was kind of incompetence, really. Like, like, you know, we have Reed come up and smartest man in the world. The first thing he does is give up, you know, Black Belt's power. And then what is Black Bolt's first thing that he does is he tries to yell with no mouth and blows his own brains out it, it's just this ridiculously comical you know kind of scene but it's actually not too far off because the 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 illuminati made some huge like blunders they're arrogant too in the uh, yeah out of their hubris exactly so like for like a perfect example is uh after the kree and scroll war in the comics um the illuminati went to the scrolls and were like, Hey, listen, don't bring that stuff over in our yard. And mm-hmm. they tried to like, they try to read them the riot act and lay down the law and say, you know, we're, 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 you know, we're, we're tough and we have all these powers and we can do yada, yada. And, and then what did the scroll do? They're like, Oh, cool. Kidnapped them, tortured <laughs> them, experimented on them, figured out all the, how their powers work. And you were able to use that to replicate, to make advanced super scrolls. And then that's how, what they use to now turn around and you do secret invasion. Mm-hmm. So secret, you, yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say, which it's funny you mentioned that about the uh, thing with Black Bolt because I, I like when I watched that movie, I've heard people talk about that, but I'm like, Wanda can read minds. She yeah. probably knew what all their powers were before they even said anything. So like, you know, like we even like directly after that scene, we kind of see her kind of do that thing mentally with Professor X. So yeah. it's kind of like one of those things. I feel like when she walked in the room, she already knew what was going on. She already knew what they were thinking and she probably already knew, you know, like what they were about to try. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I don't know, but like, I've seen people talk about that quite a bit, you know, go on, John, yes. read that out. Cause that, but that goes in perfectly with what Alex was yep. about to say. Exactly. So RMC goes also, they, they need to show just how powerful Scarlet Witch is. Yes. She burns through the best of the best without even batting an eye and barefoot. <laughs> and, 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 and remote control as well yeah so, yeah <laughs> right rc she, card mode yeah, she was through a zoom session pretty much <laughs> yeah. VR headset. Yeah, VR, yeah. yeah and she didn't even have sandals on didn't have <laughs> sandals on that's ridiculous but yeah so so you know so that and and then uh you know bringing it back to illuminati um uh you know they also in the comics were um, they were the ones who sent Hulk 
off into space yep. and you know that ended up turning into world war hulk where hulk came back destroyed all of them destroyed all their teams and almost kind of destroyed the world really and uh and it was a very bad time so you know so it's not too much of a far stretch to think that in their arrogance the illuminati would make a big mistake and i think that uh if we do see further illuminati in the mcu i think we're going to see more of that um you know in terms of them trying to do the best trying to be out in front of these disasters which is the whole purpose of the illuminati being formed by the way in the comics was to be out in front of of uh, of, of of disasters and world threatening events and then it kind of ends up falling apart so they're do almost, you think they're like they're, they're, they're their own demise aren't they they're they're, yep. they're the uh they're the product. worst enemy yep. yeah that's it so mm -hmm. do, you, do you think that when we finally get Secret Wars, because we know with them mentioning incursions and everything's going to come down to Secret Wars, do you think it's going it could be a possibility of 616 versus 838? Hmm. I don't know if it'll be... I don't know if it'll necessarily be 838. I think what they'll end up doing... I think they'll end up doing the, um, the Battle World. And I think we'll end up seeing an incursion situation where, you know, where where one universe incurs upon the you know the Marvel six one six MCU, and I think they'll fight it off, but then it'll fall apart anyway, and then we'll go into the Battle World. I think they'll follow the comics in that regard, and then they'll really be able to explore the multiverse, but in kind of a um, like all in one contained area instead of having to jump from from mm. universe to universe, it'll kind of all be in one space. Because, uh, so I think that's what they'll go with. Because they, they kind of set up a, a tone here in, in Multiverse of Madness when you had 616 Strange versus 838 Mordo. And mm -hmm. we know that 838 Mordo has survived in Multiverse of Madness. Yes. So I almost wonder if that incursion into 616 is going to be from 838 and then we get the Battle War. I think, I wonder if that's going to the way it goes because of the, the, the way they set it up and the tone they're setting. Like even um, maybe 838... Uh, Mordo talks to 616 Mordo because they did cut out Mordo 616 Mordo being killed by Wanda in the beginning of this film. So I wonder if there's going to be some crossover between Mordos there and that's how that incursion into 616 is going to happen to kind of kick things off. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure, but, um, you know, obviously Marvel will probably end up, anything we guess here, Marvel will end up going some weird, wacky direction. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and and the great part is they'll make it work. Like, yeah. you know, a lot of the stuff, if you told me that, like, oh, yeah, they're like, if you told me four years ago, by the way, the Illuminati is going to show up. They're going to be there for, like, two minutes, and they're going to get absolutely bodied by the, Scar <laughs> by the Scarlet Witch. I would have been like, that sounds terrible. Uh, but they ended up doing it, and not only did they did it, they made it in a way that I love that movie. Like, um, mm. MOM, you know, MOM is one of my uh, one of my favorites now. Definitely top mm. ten for me. I, I just think they they set the tone for incursions between the mm. Illuminati universe, but then also with what we saw with Clea coming to Strange, which mm -hmm. I pretty much think he he caused an incursion in the first multiverse of madness in the dark dimension. Ooh. Yep. So mm -hmm. it's almost like they're already setting the tone for incursions. I also love that subtle little throwaway line about Reed's kids and Franklin Richards. And it just like in the back of my mind, I'm like, come on, Franklin, come looking for Wanda someday. Come, come looking for some revenge on her. You know, like that would be awesome. The next chair of the Milanati is Franklin. Except, you know, now that Reed's dead in that universe. Right. And Valeria. Don't forget Valeria. Yeah. You know, she's yeah. smarter. She's smarter than him.
Yeah. And then, uh, Andy, you, you had a comment you were about to say? Uh, no, no, no. I was um, just based on what uh, Monty was saying about if you would have said four years ago that this is what you was going to see, I think we can we can go back and say that quite a few times, can't we? I was yeah. just I was watching um, Endgame uh, just while I was doing some chores the other day, and there was um, you know that moment there where um, Tony he's speaking to Rocket, right? And he says, oh, "I thought I, I thought you was Builder Bear." <laughs> and it's it's quite amazing isn't it that we've got we've got iron man who's just come back from fighting thanos with nebula and he's speaking to rocket who's been hanging out with you know steve and natasha for the last like three weeks and you're like huh oh. <laughs> like that's incredible and we, we we think we can we sit here and we we kind of go oh yeah i reckon we're gonna go down this way or we're gonna do this or we're gonna do that but like monty said marvel do something weird and wonderful and unique and we all go yeah. oh yeah no that was much better than the way we yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what a surprise the, the professional writers come up with a really good idea um true, true. Uh, one comment real quick here rmc yeah, you know he goes world war hulk secret wars wastelanders or bust mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see it and uh, throwing them. Um, would love to see it. Yeah, and, yeah. And it sounds like She-Hulk it. may lead into a World War Hulk scenario, mm. but not the World War Hulk that we know. Yeah, that'd mm. be interesting. Uh, Monty, you got any closing thoughts on how the um, how Marvel <clears throat> have dealt with these new characters coming from the comics into the MCU in the last sort of six months or so? Yeah, cl- closing thoughts would just be: I love it. I love the direction they're taking. I love that they're taking a whole phase to transition and gear us up for the next. I imagine that phase five is uh, is going to be hard hitting, lots of action, lots of huge events. Like they're kind of taking this to reset things, you know, uh, and, and, uh, and, and comparing it, you know, to the, uh, just, just to the comics in general, I think that they have taken, uh, you know, it, which is in line with that. They've taken these characters to like a greener, newer, uh, part of their of their history and then set them forth in marvel so we're kind of getting a little bit of a soft reset of the whole universe in a way because you know you had at the beginning of the mcu phase one you had tony still figuring out his stuff you had you know captain america figuring out his powers you had everyone kind of figuring themselves out as well uh and then we're kind of seeing that again with a little bit of a younger spin on it and uh, I just uh, I like where it's going. I think it's going to a good place, and I think that we're going to have a lot of fun here at, at the end of Phase Four and going into Phase Five. Yeah, I think that I think that they're sowing lots of seeds, aren't they, for for the yes. future? They're sowing lots of seeds. They're sowing Thunderbolt seeds. They're sowing Secret Invasion seeds, Secret Wars, Midnight um, Suns. Midnight Suns. I knew you were going to say that. By the way, <laughs> it's not an episode of uh, of the uh, Marvel D T Evolution <laughs> podcast. It, it doesn't mention Midnight Suns from Jarian <laughs> or or Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, my my Ghost Rider. I really yeah. want to see him. By the way, <laughs> they're laying down the groundwork, aren't they? They're laying down the groundwork for the next sort of ten years. And they're doing that in phase four. And that is exactly why it is a transitional phase from what we know to what we don't know. Um, and and they're, they're beginning that, that journey now. So, um, look, we better start wrapping this up because we've been mm-hmm. on yeah. for 90 minutes and uh, yeah, people have got to go to bed. Um, <laughs> I know you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, um, I think just in general, uh, Monty, you're going to hang around now till the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think just, just looking back on the last year, 
Um, I think it's been, uh, I mean, I personally, just from my own point of view, I've really enjoyed this and it's become, it's become a, a, a big, not just the group, but the, the show, you know, doing the show with, with you guys has become a, a real good part of my life, uh, part of my life and a, and a highlight of my week, you know, coming on here and everyone knows in my house that we do it now and everyone knows the routine and, you know, I, I, I really enjoy um, doing this. So, um, and, I, and I think that's, that helps. I don't know about, you specifically, uh, Jaren and, and Alex, how you feel? Uh, but I mean, you know, it's been um, it's been uh, it's been a great journey this first year, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, yeah. I'm I- gonna comment real quick in before we go, Alex. Uh, Xander is uh, still up watching. Good job. It's a school holiday. <laughs> 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 go ahead, Alex. I, I was just gonna say, um, yeah, it's I absolutely love the podcast, and I love being able to share this experience with you guys and get to come on here and, and talk about things. Um, it's always just great to get to talk about Marvel, and it's a really unique experience because we share this with people all across the world, um, no matter where they're at, and uh, we always try to, you know, kind of have the conversations rolling and try and talk about the things that are pertinent and going on. But, um, you know, we love the questions, we love the discussions and all the theories that everybody comes up with. So um, they're always great. Hmm. Yeah. Answer. And just, just to echo both what you said and just to add, it helps with just conversations in, in general, especially with my son, because he'll watch or he'll sit with me and write shotgun while we're doing some of these and we'll have conversations later about stuff. And, and other things and just Alex and I all like randomly would have conversations the two of us you know bouncing things back and forth too so not only just having fun but also ma- making new friends and you know being able to have these conversations and this uh, interaction w- with people you know across the US across the world and so forth because you know I'm in the middle of the US Alex is on the east coast uh, Andy you're over on the east uh, west coast of, of Europe so uh, and, and Monty's on the west coast of US Jamie's on the uh, east coast or uh, west coast of Europe so you know, just to be able to connect and have these conversations and to bounce things back and forth with each other is, is fun and it's it's been great. Yeah, yeah. Jamie, you got anything you want to say, mate, before we wrap this up? Yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's a good routine, be it um, from my side of things, be it taking part sometimes and watching sometimes, it's always look forward to Sunday. Be it, as I said, talking or just on the other side, asking questions. Just, yeah, it's enjoyable. Nice, nice. Um, look, before we go, um, something not about the podcast. Um, we have our group awards. So I, I forgot to announce the April group awards on the uh, on the show. So um, we'll announce the May group awards on the show. So we've got three awards. So uh, comment of the month uh, is going to Mark Relaford this month for his um, uh, money is great, but nostalgia is better. Comment. Um, <laughs> um, so, oh, so man. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was around that was around. Um, we was talking about um, toys being in the box, and Mark was saying, "No, I, we used to like take we've taken taken them all out and we played with them, you know." So I thought that was a great comment. Um, post of the month, post of the month goes to Mike Sullivan for his No Way Home review. Nice. Yeah, he's got a lot of great thoughts. I, I love uh, I love reading Mike's comments. Yeah, and it was um, it was there was a different spin on it, and I really liked the way that he uh, 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 gave the James Bond analogy as well, and said it would have been great to have seen all the James Bonds, you know, in in one movie. So wow. that was cool. yeah, you're yeah. Right. Oh, look, look at Monty's going. Oh, right. <laughs> did you, uh, Monty? Did you hear the other week? Did you hear Fred's idea? This was on our Star Wars show. Did you hear Fred's idea? 
because this mm. nearly this nearly got comment in a month but okay. um, fred's idea about having an uh, in the same vein as uh, old man logan but having an old man window as a mace wow window. i think i did read that and yeah that's that's brilliant that's absolutely brilliant because he's already he's already got that that ornery like kind of like gritty vibe to him and then just a- adding the years and adding the bitterness of the jedi falling apart like and what happened to him too as well so you know yeah. and you know but he's not the type to let his skill sharp or not not be sharp so he'll be complete you know yeah. on, on point too so that that would be cool he, he, that nearly got it apart from the fact that it was to do with star wars so. love that idea <laughs> um a member of the month he's uh uh, Antonio Nelson Ruiz. No, um, Antonio's been great this month. He's commented on everything. He's been he's been putting his posts uh, putting his posts up. He's been really active. He's been really he'd come up with some really good ideas. Um, and just something on the over on our Star Wars group, he's he's shown his uh, his talent off on the Star Wars group with the. Um, with the uh, Hot Toys uh, scenes with the Stormtroopers. If you've not seen that, get over on our Star Wars group and find his post on there. So uh, well done to Mark, Mike, and Antonio. Well done, guys. Uh, and to get Member of the Month, you, you know, there's no prize for it. It's just bragging rights and um, and a shout-out here. But to get Member of the Month, you know, get commenting, get liking, get sharing, um, and just be creative on the group. Um, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. This has been our longest episode for yeah. ages. For ages. Um, but I think if any episode deserved it, it was our year anniversary. anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Great job. Great job, guys. You guys all give yourself a pat on the back. You've done a great job with this. Great job, you know, with the group and everything. And, um, you know, this it's been amazing. I look forward to the next year. Yeah. And, and Monty, you got to come back on for a condo forever because Ooh, I have a feeling that our conversations that we had in the past is, you know, I'm going to have to replace some of those clips because I'm hoping to see some of those things come to light. So Absolutely. Any Anytime you guys invite me, I'll, I'll make myself available. Yeah, no, definitely. 100% for Wakanda Forever, mate. Yeah, definitely. Um, right, let's wrap this up. Cheers, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, here's to the next year. Thanks, guys. Take Thank care. You. Thanks for watching. Headquarters.